Luke 4 and verse 18, we're going to go with the next phrase. You know, lead like Jesus is a leadership training that focuses on followers or leaders following Jesus' example for leadership. You can find 20,000 books on leadership. But Lead Like Jesus is unique within itself. The focal point of this is leading as Jesus led. They actually define leadership as any time you seek to influence the thinking, behavior, or development of another person. Now, this, the, this definition seems to really fit our Lord and Savior. For we know that he pursues us by calling us to be his own. And after he has pursued us, uh, we who by faith surrender to him, surrender our lives to him as our Lord and Savior, he reveals his devotion to us by starting a work in us that only he can finish. And by starting that work in us, it distinguishes us from those who are not his. And this alone helps us to understand that Jesus is our true leader. Jesus is our true leader. Well, this can be seen in the sermon series that we've been going over in the past uh, several weeks. We remember that Jesus was in the synagogue in his hometown of Nazareth. There he was invited to read the scriptures. And after reading the messianic passage from Isaiah, um, he closed the scriptures. He sat down and there he shared, today, Scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. What we learn is that Jesus was saying that the Scripture he read was fulfilled in him. He was saying that the Spirit of the Lord was upon him. He was saying that the, he had been anointed to preach the gospel to the poor, saying that he was the way or he was the truth to eternity. He was saying that he had come to heal the brokenhearted for he is our true comforter. He was saying that he had come to proclaim liberty to the captives for he is our true access to liberty. And today we find in Luke 4 in verse 18 in that very next phrase it says that Jesus was sent for the recovery of sight to the blind. By saying this, Jesus is actually saying to us that he is our true leader. Now, someone who is physically blind can't see danger nor beauty that surrounds them. They need a leader. The good news is Jesus has come to be that leader. He has come to recover sight to the blind. The New Testament scripture shares examples of Jesus restoring sight to the blind. And this offers an evidence to us that he 
is the Christ. Our Jesus leads the blind out of darkness and into the marvelous light. But today there's a condition far worse than physical blindness, and that is spiritual blindness. We have to open we have people who have open eyes but are not able to see, not able to see spiritual truth, not able to see the danger of sin, not able to to appreciate the goodness of God. But the good news is God sent Jesus to earth to recover sight to those who are blind. He came to open our eyes and to show us truth. He came to lead us away from the danger of sin in this world. He came to be our true leader. So last time we talked about this blind man that Jesus healed. This blind man to where Jesus come in contact with he spat on the ground he he covered his eyes with clay and told him to go wash his eyes in john's gospel in chapter 9 we notice jesus healed this man who had been blind from birth and i suppose any if anyone needed a leader to follow it was this man being blind from birth and now being able to see things were completely different for this man what he was beginning to see was nothing like he would have imagined or nothing like he would have expected. What, we should, what should have been a momentous occasion for him and the people who were surrounding him, it turned out to be marred by the reality that, that everyone will not rejoice in your victories, especially if they come through faith in Jesus Christ. Do we know that that is a reality? That's the reality of this world. And here this man who had been blind from birth now has sight. And that is the first thing that he comes in contact with. We would think that these religious leaders would have considered that could this in fact, this Jesus truly be the Christ. But because this man was healed on a Sabbath day. Because they were part of the healing. Because they had studied the scriptures for practically all their life, but they had nothing to do with the healing. Because it didn't take place on a day of their choosing, but rather took place on a day of worship. What greater way to worship is to witness the miracle of God. But these men could not see this. Instead, instead they interrogated the man. They should have been excited. But they interrogated this man. Not only did they interrogate him. But they interrogated his parents. We would think his parents who've known this man all his life, who knew he was blind from birth, would have stood up for him and led him away from the abuse of these religious leaders. But that was not the case. As a matter of fact, because of fear, they said he is of age. Ask him. Oh, let me share something with you. You can't lead like Jesus out of fear. Let me say that again. We got more leaders than that in here. You can't lead like Jesus 
out of fear. This man here, he was clearly able to see that he couldn't put his faith in his family to lead him. Then the religious leaders approached him again and accused Jesus of being a sinner. And because Jesus healed this man on a Sabbath day, a man blind from birth now can see. But the man who was instrumental in him being able to see is called a sinner. All because it took place on a Sabbath. And they continued to interrogate this man. And when their pride was hurt, finally enough, they cast him out of the city. By the way, you can't lead like Jesus through pride. (laughs) Oh, we didn't like that, did we? Let me say it again. We can't lead like Jesus through pride. So this man was able to clearly see that he couldn't put his faith in religion to lead him. But the Bible teaches us that Jesus heard that they had cast him out. And this man needed someone to help lead him into this new world that he was seeing for the first time. Yes, physically, his sight was recovered. But emotionally, it must have been a depressing time for him. However, Jesus revealed to him that spiritually, it was the religious leaders who were blind. The man believed that Jesus is the Son of God. This man was clearly able to see that he could put his faith in Jesus Christ to lead him. And in John's gospel, Jesus shared why we can look to him as our true leader. He shares another I am statement, another absolute truth of himself. He said, I am the good shepherd. I am the good shepherd. The word good tells us that he is faithful and true. He is the good shepherd who would lead those who follow him out of darkness and into the marvelous light. He is our true leader. And we find that our good shepherd is our true leader because he's devoted to us. If we look there in verse 10, we find that Jesus says in verse, I mean, chapter 10 in verse 11, Jesus said, I am the good shepherd who, who gives his life for the sheep. I am the good shepherd who gives, the good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. The phrase to give his life, it carries the idea of laying down his life or or risking his life. Jesus is the good shepherd and because he is devoted to his sheep, he willingly laid down his life. He willingly laid his life aside for you and me. And he demonstrated this when he being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made of himself no reputation, taking on the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of man. And being found in the appearance of a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. He's devoted to us. 
No one made Jesus leave heaven to come to earth. No one made him humble himself as a man. No one made him suffer on a cross and die to provide forgiveness of our sin. He did this because he is the good shepherd. But not only did he lay his life down, but he, on the third day, he raised it back up. He, he arose from the dead to give, uh, give hope for eternal life to his sheep. He is our true leader, and he is devoted to his sheep. Now, King David come to understand this very well. We, we know that if we've read or we've listened to Psalm 23. For in this psalm, we, we find out that David speaks of God as his shepherd. And most of us know that sheep are blind. They're helpless and they're defenseless. They're even wandering animals. And sheep need a shepherd who's devoted to them. And King, when King David penned Psalm 23, he had grown to understand what it meant. He, when he said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. As we can read David's life and read through from when he was a young lad to time he was, a, he was dying and, and he, he was, his, the spirit of, was uh, moving from him, we find that there's so much that David could say about his shepherd being devoted to him. The, the Lord had proved for David everything that he ever wanted. He was at his hand. God had blessed him. He took David from the field of the sheep to the king's throne. He, when David faced death, whether it was from a lion, a bear, a giant, a king, or his very own son, the Lord was with him. The Lord was so devoted to the king that he said, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Aren't you glad he's devoted? Devoted to us that surely, no matter where we are, surely, no matter what we've done, surely, no matter how undeserving we are, goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives. And there's coming a day for those who are his sheep that will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. David could say this because he followed the good shepherd and the good shepherd was devoted to him. The good shepherd was his true leader. You know, Jesus is the good shepherd. And it's when we believe and confess that he is the son of God. He is the savior of the world. He is my personal Lord and savior that we find that we are no longer spiritually blind. He recovers our sight and we can truly see that he is our true leader. We can see that he's truly devoted to us. He, and this devoted shepherd does not in any way lead by fear. When we follow our good shepherd, the world may walk away from us. The world may bring accusation against us. The world may try to destroy us. But what the world cannot do is change our good shepherd's devotion toward us. He's not afraid of the world. And because he's not afraid of the world, he hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but one of power and of sound mind. Instead, listen folks, our good shepherd is so devoted to us that we, he won't lead us out of pride. 
Instead, he leads by serving us. He provides us with our daily provisions. And by serving us, he's demonstrated that we are to set aside our own pride and serve others. We would not have what we have. We would not be who we are. We could not have eternal life had he not have served us. Oh, folks, he is our good shepherd because he's devoted to us. He's a true leader because a true leader is devoted to those he's leading. But he's not only our true leader because he's devoted to us, but he's our true leader because he distinguishes us. Now, the reason I use the word distinguish is the fact that John 10 and 14, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and am known by my own. This indicates that he knows his sheep and he knows who are not his sheep. He distinguishes his sheep from those who are not his sheep. The indication here is that he knows us so intimately and that we can know him intimately as well. There's nothing our Lord doesn't know about us. Our deepest, darkest secret, he knows. The things we are ashamed of, he knows. Those things that we keep hid in the back of the closet for we're afraid that if anyone would find out about it, that it would destroy our lives. He knows. The wickedness of our hearts. He knows. Our faithfulness or our lack of faithfulness. He knows. Folks, he knows. He knows his sheep. And because he knows us, he calls us. And because he calls us, he leads us. And we follow him. He distinguishes us from those who do not follow him. Because those who do not follow him do not know him. You've gotten quiet on me. What we see, we see that Jesus distinguishes his sheep from those who are not his here in chapter 9 in John's gospel. Speaking about this blind man again. You know, it was no accident that Jesus and his disciples walked up on this blind man. As a matter of fact, when the disciples seen the man, they asked Jesus (laughs) if this man was blind because of his sin or his parents' sin. And Jesus answered them and said, neither this man nor his parents sinned, but the works of God should be revealed in him. I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. The night is coming when no man can work. Jesus knew that this man would be right where he was at, at that particular time in which he was there and that he was coming upon him. And his reason for coming upon him was to recover sight to the man. However, the man did not know Jesus. 
We see that, that while being interrogated, the man's response to the religious leaders calling Jesus a sinner was that whether he is a sinner or not, listen, if he had known Jesus, he had known he wasn't a sinner. If he had known Jesus, he had known he was the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. If he had known Jesus, he had known exactly who he was, that he was the Son of God. He had known he was the Christ, the anointed one, the one who was sent to preach to the poor, the one who was sent to heal the brokenhearted, the one who was sent to open up doors to the captives. He would have known exactly who he was. But he says, I don't, whether he was a sinner or not, what I do know is that though I was blind, now I see. The man knew that Jesus healed him. And after this, he was cast out of the city. But what Jesus did for this man, he does for you and I. He pursued after the man. And when he pursued after the man, he... Well... He asked the man, do you believe in the Son of God? The man answered and said, who is he, Lord? You know what that tells me right then and there, the man was devoted to Jesus. (laughs) It didn't matter who Jesus was. He was devoted to Jesus. It didn't matter where Jesus came from. He was devoted to Jesus. It didn't matter where Jesus was going. He was devoted to Jesus. He called him Lord. And by him doing that, he was saying, I'm submitting myself to you. You know what? There's so many questions out there from people who are skeptical about our faith. And they're asking, where did Jesus come from? They're asking, who truly is he? How can a man come from heaven and and take on flesh and be a man? How can a man be born of a virgin? They ask all these questions, but all they need to do is just follow Jesus. Jesus, he was devoted to Jesus. Jesus had healed him, and that was enough for him. He says, who is he, Lord, that I may believe in him? And Jesus' answer was, you have seen him, and it is he who is talking with you. The man said, Lord, I believe there wasn't a theological debate. There wasn't, there wasn't a time of trying to, to reason with one or the other. Jesus just told him who he was and he said, I believe. And he worshiped Jesus. Here we see Jesus revealed himself to both. He revealed himself to the blind man and to the religious leaders. The difference was that the blind man received and worshiped Jesus and sight was given to him. But not only physical sight, but also spiritual sight. However, the religious leaders rejected Jesus. And though they they rejected the good shepherd, because they rejected the good shepherd, though they had physical sight, they were still blind spiritually. Again, Jesus knows his sheep. And he is known by his sheep. He distinguishes his sheep from those who are not his sheep. Jesus told the blind man that he came to the world so that those who cannot see could be made to see. And those who 
who see would be made blind. He was saying to he was saying that those who would believe on him, their eyes would be opened up, and those who reject him, their eyes would remain shut. Do you remember the day that you received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Things started to look a lot different, didn't they? People started to look a lot different. Places started to look a lot different. The world started to look a lot different. You saw the beauty in the nature of God. You saw the humility in the people of God. You saw the love in God. You saw more than you had ever seen before. Because he opened our eyes. (laughs) How is it that Jesus reveals himself to us or to his own today? Well, he reveals himself to us through his word. It's through his word that we can know him intimately. It's through his word that we learn that he is our truth to eternity. That he is our true comforter. That he is our true access to liberty. It's through his word that we find that he is our true leader. That he, it's through his word we find that he is our refuge, our high tower, our rock, our ark of protection. In his word we find that he is our lily in the valley, our rose of Sharon, and our bright and morning star. It's in his word we find that he is wonderful, counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, our prince of peace. It's in his word that we find he is the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. It's through his word we find out that he is God's only begotten son in whom he is well pleased. It's in his word we find that he is Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one, and that he is savior of the world. It is through his word that he desires to lead us into a right relationship with the father. It's through his word that he wants to lead us into an abundant life on earth as it is in heaven unsaved you may be asking why do we get so excited about this it's because he has been revealed to us we get to see with spiritual eyes who Jesus truly is. Get this. He knows us. He knows all about us. And still the Christ. The Messiah. The anointed one loves us. And desires to know us intimately. And desires for us to know him intimately. He desires to lead us into everlasting life. Those of us who have believed in the Son of God, that he died for our sins, he arose on the third day for our victory, and he's coming back to receive us unto himself, he distinguishes us as his own, and he reveals himself to us. Oh, it excites me because I don't deserve it. It excites me because I've gotten so much more than what I truly deserve. It excites me that because when I couldn't help myself, he pursued after me and revealed who he was, who he is, and who he forever will be to me. It excites me because I am his and he is mine. It excites me because I can depend upon 
the true leader because he is a good shepherd. He is Lord. The good news is he didn't just die for those who were his. He died for the world. There's not one who's lived, who's living, or who ever will live that he did not die for. Yes, he died for you who keep rejecting him. And he desires to reveal himself to you. He doesn't desire for you to remain blind spiritually. He desires to recover your sight. He knows all about you. He knows your strengths, your weaknesses. He knows the good, bad, and ugly of your life. But he still desires to reveal himself to you. But you must come to him in faith. Believing that whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. As they're making their way for our song of invitation. My question is to you who don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Will you today? Will you repent of your sin? Will you trust Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Will you allow him to be the leader of your life? If you will, he'll begin distinguishing you as his very own. It's up to you. What will you do? Will you follow the true leader or continue to follow the one who is only out to kill, steal, and destroy? He died, he arose, and he's given us the promise he's coming back. His Holy Spirit is right now pursuing after you. So he's leaving the rest in your hands. You must decide how you'll respond. Will you follow the true leader? Or will you reject his leadership? What decision have you made? What decision are you making? What decision will you make?